what do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. <laughs> All right. We want to welcome today to the Niche Finder podcast, very, another special guest. I got I to gotta tell you, uh, since I've been doing this podcast journey, it's been so exciting to sit down and have conversations with individuals who uh, quite often I feel like I should have marshmallows and chocolate and some ram crackers to to start a, a campfire. That's how interesting the stories are. I feel like we are talking around a campfire and it is really some interesting content. Why? Because we have interesting people who we were fortunate enough to have on our show today. Guess what? It's no different. We have Dr. Lumna Araji, who's going to be on our podcast today. And this is where, let me kind of give you a little bit of her expertise, which is pretty extensive. I'll read her bio really quickly. Dr. Lumna Araji is a certified executive and career coach, adjunct faculty, management consultant, and neuroscientist. She has more than 20 years of global experience working across continent and cultures. Lumna is the mother of two amazing teenagers, and she is originally from Morocco. She did her PhD in Paris, her postdoctoral training at Columbia University, uh, Ivy League University in New York, and she also did her MBA at Rutgers Business School. And so, you know, we were talking a little bit early and I was joking around that she's a bit of an underachiever. And so, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I just want to make the niche finder framework and the niche finder community I want her to feel welcome as we welcome her and welcome you to the program, Lubna. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It's exciting. You know, I'm fascinated by your journey. And that's because I've read a little bit of it. But for those people who are tuning in right now, Give us some insight into why they would have vested interest in your journey. But specifically, I also want you to also talk about how does somebody go from Morocco to Paris to come into what is this? New York, New York, Columbia, going to New York City, going to Columbia and then end up in in Newark, New Jersey, where you not only went to business school, 
but you also became a, a professor at the executive MBA uh, business school in Rutgers University. And now you are a life coach. So, wow. so, 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 so tell us, I guess I'm giving teasers out there, <laughs> or why would they be interested in, in your journey? Okay, thank you so much for, for the warm welcome and the introduction. Why would people be interested in listening to me? Hmm, let's figure that out. Most of the time, people are interested because we share similar backgrounds. I can say that I have a multicultural background. Like you said, I grew up in Morocco. I studied in France and then here in the U.S., And the other interesting thing is that I'm a career switcher. I've been switching careers and I've been trying to figure out what on earth I wanted to do with my life. And it took me decades. It took me forever. However, I would say that everything happens in divine timing and we do what we do when we're supposed to do it. And yeah, like you said, I have worked I have worked for different companies. I worked as a research scientist. I worked as a medical science liaison for Pfizer back in Morocco. I worked as a management consultant for pharmaceutical and healthcare companies. And every time I was in those positions, I have learned different things. And I had to switch careers because every time I reached a point where I didn't feel fulfilled. But I didn't know at the time what was going on. All I knew was that things had to change and I wanted to have that, that fire and that spark in my life every time. That's all I knew. And today I'm, I'm working with clients who are in career transition and who are trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. So, yeah, that's why I guess I'm here. All right. Well, well let me ask you this. I'm going to go off script for a, a quick second. Uh, which part of this journey did you find most fulfilling for you? Was it the time, the beginning, where you had this epiphany that there has got to be more out there for me? Was it during the process of the journey of from the epiphany to where you are today? Or is it in your current state where you find yourself? Oh, I would say without hesitation now. Because now, while I'm still learning and while I'm still growing, I feel so much more fulfillment because I finally was able to identify what my purpose in life is. And it's, it's to be a source of inspiration for other people. It's about making an impact in other people's lives. And that's so fulfilling. And that makes my heart sing. And yeah, that's the best part. I mean... We constantly grow and we never stop learning. You know, I wouldn't say that I have arrived. I haven't arrived yet. I'm just starting. It's the yeah. beginning of the second phase of my journey. It's the beginning of the second phase of my life. And I'm super excited to be embarking in it. Yeah. Wow. What roadblocks did you run into at the at the start of your, of your current journey? Hmm. Good question. So when I came, mainly when I moved to the US about 20 years ago, I had no connections. The only person I knew was my husband. And I was very fortunate that I was able to connect to a few people. And then, and then I was offered a fellowship to pursue uh, my postdoctoral research at Columbia University. So while I was there, I realized that I was thrilled 
when I went to conferences and I met a lot of people and I had interaction and I presented my data and I had the opportunity to discuss collaborations. And then I was thinking about the picture, you know, and it was the only time when I was happy. When I was in the lab, I was doing my work. I was dissecting mice and brains and doing <laughs> all that work. But I wasn't, I wasn't super excited. It was good. Right. You know, it was great research. I was impacting some research to move forward. Okay. So, yeah, like I was looking at neuropsychiatric disorders and which genes were impacting people's behavior, people who who had uh, depression, people who committed suicide and people who were anxious. So we had different models to work on. But I just decided after being there for seven years that I didn't want to do that anymore. And that's when I decided to go back to business school. Going back to school while I had two little kids, while I had to take care of my household. And it was it was challenging. However, I put my mind to it and I decided to go for it. It wasn't easy, but I went through it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what, what epiphany did you hit as you, as you were on your journey? And what new opportunity did you discover from that event? You mean from going to business school or the whole journey? Well, it's a great question that you're asking because uh, you have so many different phases of your journey. Right. Yes. Uh, so you have so many different stages from, you know, living in different places to pursuing some new goal, whether it be your bachelor's or or your master's or, you know, postdoctoral. I mean, it's just yes. so many phases. Well, you just tell me which one stands out for you the most or which one comes to mind. Hmm. And, and what did you what exactly did you um, did you discover? Yeah, great question, Clifton. So after I got my MBA, I worked as a management consultant for a couple of uh, big consulting firms like Booz & Company, like Campbell Alliance, uh, now mm. called Cineos, and I was doing amazing work. And throughout this journey, actually, back in 2014, I was offered an executive position while I was a management consultant. I was offered a position with a generic pharma company, and the role was to oversee a team of uh, direct reports here in the US, in China, and in India. And I would say that I did not pay attention to the real team dynamics. I did not align everyone with me before making big changes and making big decisions. And long story short, those things backfired, right? And I wasn't able to survive in such an environment. And things had to change. So I left only after a year of being there. And I started wondering about my abilities and my purpose in life. And also at that time, my personal life wasn't going well. It was facing some challenges, uh, as well as my emotional health. And actually, when you look at life, when we're not balanced in one yeah. area of our life, it goes to the other areas, right? Health and wellness, uh, personal uh, uh, relationships, uh, social status, financials, career. So nothing in my life was balanced at the time. And that was the, the wall that I hit, like you said, mm -hmm. okay? I hit that wall. It was like a wake-up call for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided that things had to change. I was sitting there and asking myself about why am I here? 
I promise you, it was the first time I ever asked myself, hmm. why am I here? Why am I living? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to just go to my job every day and do things, you know? Am I supposed to just start a family and be a happy wife? And all those existential questions started arising. And I knew that something had to change, but I had no idea what to do. And I had no idea where to start. And the epiphany came when I decided to start my own consulting company. I was at the time working on a project for a pharma company in, in New Jersey, and I had to start my LLC. So I was kind of forced, but it, but it was great, right? So I did that. And then throughout the process, I met this amazing woman who became my coach. She, she's life coach and business coach. And I worked with her for like eight months. Yeah, we were trying to figure me out, right? How I dealt with my emotions. How did I process everything that was happening in my life? And I learned so many things. I learned so many things. And it was just the beginning, right? Because I'm still working with coaches myself. I'm still investing myself in growing and learning. So when I met with her and I worked with her, I was finally able to figure out what my purpose in life was. And like I told you, my purpose in life is to be a source of inspiration to people around me, my students, my friends, my clients. And my mission is to support others, unlock their dream career or unlock some challenges that they have in life and help them explore their full potential to live a more purposeful life. I love the dynamics of your story. And Thank I you. think it is so uh, fascinating to me how there are a series of adversity and triumphs in, in, in your story. And I think that's the thing that is um, impactful is even in the midst of being so qualified through training, uh, still you had this humility about you to say, you know, I need help. You know, eight months yes. to immerse myself into somebody else's perspective of how I see life and see how they can help me to see it better. Yes. And that's commendable. And um, thank I thank you for sharing that. I do want to get to this next section of what I call the 5P framework. <laughs> this is straight out of pages of uh, my upcoming book, Dream Octane. And um, basically, this, this is the segment where you get to speak to your younger self and give your younger self. Well, actually, before we get to that, this is the part where you actually discover some of the things that kind of got you to where you are today. And uh, I, I want to start by asking you these five questions. And the first question is, what are your passions? What were your strong interests at the very beginning? And this is uh, prior, prior to you becoming uh, the life coach, prior to you becoming Dr. Araji. Mm, okay. So at the beginning, yeah, I know that I was passionate about building relationships. Okay, every time I connected with people, I felt a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. Another thing that I was passionate about when I was young, I was dreaming about becoming a pharmacist. And when I graduated high school, I actually was able to get registration at a pharmacy school in Paris to study cosmetology. Cosmetology, mm. so the study and application of uh, formulating and making beauty products 
that's all I know. I was fascinated by things that are beautiful, by things that are, yeah, bringing joy. And I'm not sure about the combination between cosmetology and being a pharmacist, but it's true that pharmacists can make formulations and develop those products. But I guess it was about bringing some great things to people. You know, maybe as a pharmacist, maybe I wanted to help people feel better through offering medicine. And maybe through cosmetology, I wanted to help people feel better with their skin and feel beautiful. I'm not sure. I mean, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's that humility again, uh, just uh, peeking out. You, you know, as, as you're speaking, you know, it reminded me of when we're talking about like beauty and um, some of the things that kind of moved you from one level to another. And we're talking about your passions, right? So th- I found some something, a fascinating article on the Harvard Business Review. And, and they were talking, it was called, uh, it was uh, entitled Why Inspiration Matters. And it was a study that was done by two psychologists, Thrash and Elliot. And what, what I found pretty amazing with them is that the quote that they actually have within here uh, they note in their in this this research article it says the heights of human motivation spring from the beauty and goodness that precede us and awaken us to better possibilities and so when i think about like what you're talking about right now Sometimes it's hard for us to articulate some of the things that that really inspire us. We just we just do it just because uh, we feel we feel led to like we just feel drawn to certain things and we may not have a clear answer. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's almost like it's almost like uh, uh, what is that that uh, that commercial with the cereal? And, and they said, well, why do you like it? He was like, I just do. <laughs> you know, and like it's, it's, just, uh, it's just one of those things like you just have a desire for it. But I find that you now have. You, you're you're a scientist who can make beauty products that can help people, and and now you, you were sharing with me before offline how you now find yourself coaching people, but also coaching uh, and and helping out in the fashion institute. Yeah, how, how does the two kind of come come to you? And 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 in answering that question, <laughs> to add even more to it, how does that does that feel purposeful to you? Of course, it does. Actually. Yeah, three or four years ago, I started teaching for the Masters of Business of Fashion at Rutgers Business School. Mm. And I was like, yes, I can do that. I mean, I have no fashion background, but I love great things. I love beautiful things. And I just felt like, yes, I think I can do that. I mean, I'm teaching management skills. I'm teaching soft skills. I'm working with the students to help them think about their career. It's true. But at the same time, I like what they're doing. I love the backgrounds that they're bringing to the table. And I love helping them think about how to combine everything together and position themselves. So that's what motivates me. That's what excites me when I'm working with them, right? I can help them put different pieces of the puzzle together and show them how much they're bringing to the table and help them feel confident and help them see how much potential they have. 
maybe that's the secret Clifton you know really put it, even for me like putting those things together those things together and saying them out loud to you I'm like yes that's what I like <laughs> <laughs> you know this is one thing that I admire about scientists and even when I speak to engineers is one commonality that they all have I feel is to take incredibly complex situations and make it simple mm-hmm. and um, I think that's something that you you may find I mean coaching is like right up your alley because people have all of these complexity all these disparate ideas all over the place yes and you somehow causes that cloud of confusion to precipitate into certain Uh categories like that's the mindset that i find that scientists have and i can hear it when you speak about how you're helping your clients it's just coming out in that what patterns what patterns do you have currently going on and patterns now just to give you a little bit of an explanation is is what we do well uh naturally this is how i define patterns what we do well naturally so so what do you do naturally well that you think helped to bring your coaching to life oh like i said earlier i love connecting to people i'm great connector and i build relationships mm. very easily with most people <laughs> Yeah. I would say, actually, I still have friends from my time at Columbia University. And as a matter of fact, a friend of mine who did fellowship with me back then, she became mm. my client a year wow. and a half ago, and we still work together. Wow. She still works with me. Yes. She's wow. clinic, a clinical psychiatrist, and she's, she's amazing. Of course, a high achiever, and we've been working together. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, building relationships, connecting people. I love connecting people. And I can see that very quickly. For example, if I'm talking to someone and we're in the middle of the conversation and then I have bulb that lights up, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to connect you to such and such. And and most of the time, it's a great connection for them. Wow. That comes naturally to me. Yes. That's extraordinary. <laughs> Now, what do you do? What this is proficiency. This is the opposite co- side of the coin of pattern, right? So this side uh-huh. is not what you do well naturally. It's what you have done, learned to do well over time. So, what are your proficiencies? Yeah, so I would say, I mean, motivating people, public speaking, yeah. coaching, of course. And when I say coaching, it's about inspiring. It's about guiding. It's about seeing the best in people. And helping them bring that to light, right? I've been learning to manifest what I want. Mm. Yeah. And that's part of the mindset coaching that I do as well. I like people to dream. I invite them to dream. I invite them to connect to their dreams. And I invite them to set goals. Big goals. It's okay. We. It's okay yeah. if, they, if, if they don't achieve them, but they have to set big goals and they have to to have some type of of plan some type of roadmap because that gives them a better opportunity to achieve their goals yeah so setting goals and manifesting and asking for what we want is really important and i love doing that and i'm good at it excellent we're kind of answering the second question or the the fifth question right or the last question in this segment Um, what problems do you solve yes so I work with uh, executives and entrepreneurs who are in career transition and uh, in the past five years I would say that I have built a proven method 
to help them go through a self-discovery process, uh, to help them remove their limiting beliefs, to connect with their values, uh, to feel more confident. And, and then once they connect with themselves and discover what they want, uh, we start looking at different career options. And then I help them build a roadmap, set those goals, think about their mission, their vision. And those questions, I mean, people don't like to answer those questions at the beginning. But it's okay. At the end, they become good at it. Yeah. And throughout the process of building the roadmap, we we develop job search strategy for, for people who are looking for jobs or we develop a leadership plan. You know, it depends on what people are, are, are looking for. But at the end of the day, I help them unlock their dream career and see the possibilities. So. Mm, that's excellent. And I've gone through this with you before. I remember in business school, you helped uh, not only me, but several of our classmates to to uh, update their resume, update their LinkedIn profile. And yes. you gave breakdowns of to uh, like how, you know, even when you turn your resume, like font size and having things that's not that cluttered. And there was all these little great tips. And you just helped again. You took you know something that was complicated and made it simple. And then people were able to follow along and appreciated it. And, you know, so I I thank you for that. You know, now now I want to get to your secrets. This is this is I I mentioned it. (laughs) I I mentioned it a little bit, foreshadowed it a little bit earlier today. But now I really want to get from you. uh, What one secret would you offer your pre niche self that would help accelerate progress to where you are now? Mm, I would say always keep an open mind and ask for support from experts because it accelerates the growth and it Mm. accelerates every process, right? The thing is that sometimes we don't know what to ask for, right? And that's where the challenge comes. But if you know what you want, I mean, ask for help, ask for support. And tell yourself that it's okay. It's okay to invest in yourself. It's okay to invest time, to invest resources, to ask for help. Some, some, sometimes people don't want to do that, right? And it's okay. We all need help. Everybody does. And of course, when you're thinking about your niche, you want to be, okay, tactically speaking, you want to be doing some market research. And I would also say, follow your intuition. The times when I didn't follow my intuition, things didn't work. Wow. They didn't work well. And I have been learning to follow more and more my intuition. It's very important. Of course, the strategy is important. The planning is important. But we all have the answers within us. So, yeah. Mm, what does that look like following your intuition? How would somebody, how would you, how would you put that in as, as, as advice to someone knowing what that is? Yeah, the intuition is the gut feeling. You know, sometimes when we're facing challenging situations, we feel it. Okay, it's not something that's tangible, but it's something we feel. And Mm. you have that gut feeling. So, yeah, you follow your gut feeling. Wow. That's it. And you can do some meditations. I mean, I do a lot of meditations and focus on the third eye, you know, where we Mm. have our the center of our intuition. There are different things, but like... To put it simply, just follow your gut feeling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it reminds me of, uh, I saw a YouTube video by Simon Sinek and he talked about that. And um, he was talking about um, just how the part of your brain that really is connected to our intuition. And I'm paraphrasing 
but he was saying part of your brain that's connected to your intuition has no type of auditory connections and so sometimes we feel it but we can't really articulate it he was saying it's because of that I mean, yes. you tell me you, the, neuro, the neuroscientists. You tell you tell me if that's true or not. <laughs> Clifton, you're totally right. I think you're talking about the conscious and subconscious because yes. the subconscious controls like ninety percent of our behavior. Mm. That's why it's very important to modify limiting beliefs. You know, I was talking earlier about removing the limiting beliefs when we do the self-discovery process mm. because. We, each one of us has ingrained emotions and those emotions are really stuck in our body and mm. we don't even realize how we behave. We don't realize how we feel and it's really important to get rid of those things because the conscious mind only controls like 5 to 10% of wow. what we do. Oh, yes. And that takes me back to the manifestation piece. Okay. Yeah. That could be another discussion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with the way the body works. I'm fascinated with the, yes. uh, the power that the mind has over the body yes. and and even the intricacies of how the mind works, man. I, I just I just love it. I, anytime, even when I write, I like looking up things that have to do with uh, science behind uh, yes. some of these, these intangible things that you were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. What secrets do you have to staying consistent uh, I would say doing daily rituals okay it's very important it's very important to to have daily routines to build habits it's very important to set goals okay set yearly goal set quarterly goal a monthly goal and it's very important also to plan each week ahead of time The other thing is to focus on health and wellness, right? Exercising, meditating. And the other piece I would say is to have accountability bodies that help us throughout the process, right? Because we can fall back into our bad habits and to find consistency is to do it, you know, regularly. And when you're building habits, you need about two, three weeks to build new habits, right? And it's important while you're trying to build that consistency, if you have someone to hold you accountable, that can accelerate the process and it can lead to better success. Mm. I love that because what it takes me back to, I remember I I took a health health ethics in one of the classes I did in undergrad, but it was talking about informed consent, right? And how uh, before informed consent came into existence, there was these administrative consents or what's now called paternalism, right? And so you have a physician who has all of this training and they would just make a decision for the patient, right? And, um, And say, look, I know better. I got all this training. You need to listen to what I have to say. But what they found is, and that actually is illegal now, right? So, but what they found and how they transitioned to informed consent is that informed consent established the relationship between a patient and a doctor that was held together by the term fidelity. Uh So the outcome of a patient was when a doctor was fully transparent and had the fidelity was maintained by the patient being fully transparent and they came up with better diagnoses. Mm 
And so yeah, I find it just what you're what you're saying, like, yes, having an accountability partner is important. But within that accountability relationship, there has to be some form of fidelity, right? Yes. Uh, in order for both to grow. Yes, yes, Clifton. This is great point you're bringing in because one of the basic things to establish between a coach and the client is trust okay mm-hmm. and these are one of the code, codes of ethics that are developed by the international coaching federation right mm-hmm. so building trust in the relationship that's that's crucial that's really one of the basic things to do yeah i agree with you. all right last two questions that i have for you is what struggles or external struggles but let's just say not the external internal let's just say great struggles have you come across after finding your niche i mean when you identify your niche you're going to identify common themes you're going to think about how to structure your program you're going to think about what type of offering you're going to to provide and I would say that uh, continuously, it's very important to take proactive approach and and think about what potential challenges might your niche encounter, and start thinking about them early on before they happen. Right. So, yeah, I mean. Once you define the niche, it doesn't mean that it's set in stone. You're constantly tweaking and refining, and that's okay. The only thing I would say is to make sure not to try to boil the ocean and try to serve a hundred million types of customers or clients. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't help. It's very important to master the different steps in the process and master your process one step at the time before moving to a more complicated or more complex phase. Mm. That's what I think, you know, because mm. I had to work with business coaches myself, you know, for years. And I'm still working with business coaches. I actually have, currently I have a business coach. Yeah, more more than one. <laughs> I have I have spiritual coach. I have a health coach. And I need to keep growing, you know, that's and it. it's not because I discovered my niche that that's it. No, I need to keep getting feedback from my clients. Yeah. I need to get to get information from my clients and and use that information to even serve better and serve at wow. a different level. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Uh, this is a great book you reminded me of um, um, called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Yes. And I believe the guy's name is uh, Goldsmith. I maybe yes. I think it's Goldsmith. Marshall yeah. Goldsmith. Marshall Goldsmith. Thank yes. you for a yes. cross check on that. Yes. And he talks about that, like, and he actually was an executive uh, coach himself. Yes. And uh, he did. He did. He talked about that. Yeah, we can't stay stacked, and we can't stay at the no. same level. After no. the promotion is when you need to actually keep putting more of the grind. And how can I get better? How can I get stronger? Yes. And so um, I, I thank you for that. I do have my last question for you, which is one of my favorite questions, actually. Uh-huh when I'm interviewing people and it's this uh, how do you know when to change course versus staying focused on your goal that's a great question so I would say that you know it because you start facing challenges okay Mm. and you start hitting roadblocks and when it happens don't take that as a negative thing that it's happening for you 
because wow. those challenges are going to push you out of your comfort zone and make you think about things differently and make you think about different things, right? Mm-hmm. Which we were just talking about earlier, right? Two minutes ago. So, yes, when you hit a roadblock, when you start struggling, look at it as a way for you to expand, to learn. And that's the time that the universe, you know, the universe, God is telling you, listen, get out of your comfort zone and look at things differently. Wow. I mean, these are the lessons that are important for me, at least. Mm. (laughs) You know, I love it. I remember speaking to a counselor not too long ago, and we were talking about this adversity and triumph type of process and then that journey. And one thing she was sharing was, um, and I thought it was so insightful, is, is that when you come up against uh, uh, some sort of roadblock, as you were as you were mentioning, we could take it personal or, mm. or we can make it purposeful. Yes. And I thought that distinction that she was making, I was like, wow, that's powerful. You could take it personal or you can make it purposeful, meaning like what is in, in this this roadblock that I'm facing that actually could help me? What can I learn from it? And I'm gathering that from what you're saying. I love um, that. I love that. <laughs> and, and you know what, Clifton, one thing I wanted to, to mention, you know, you were talking earlier about Simon Sinek. And as you know, he has mentioned many times that, uh, yeah, he was describing some successful corporations like Apple, for example. Those corporations have purpose and the mission Mm. and they always start asking the question why 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 are Mm. we doing what we're doing before moving to the what what are we doing and how are we going to do it Mm. and i i i usually invite my clients to think about that every step in Mm. their career why are we doing what we do Because when we do that, when we ask this question and we know what our purpose is, it's much Mm. easier to wake up in the morning and feel motivated and not feel drained and you're just going. And when you hit those roadblocks, you go back to asking yourself, why on earth am I doing what I'm doing? Wow. And you get the fuel and you keep going. So, Mm. yeah. I love it. And that's a great segue into uh, what our mantra is for Dream Octane, which is if innovative change is an engine, then your dream and ability could be its fuel. Uh, How would someone get in contact with you if they wanted to reach out to you and get this great perspective that you're sharing in your coaching program? Oh, they can check out my website, Advances Consulting. I'm also on LinkedIn. Lubna Araji and I'm on uh, Instagram at Advances Coaching. Yeah, and I'd Excellent. be happy to share my my phone number, my email. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I'll have the correct spelling of your name and everything when they when they tune into the podcast. And we're so excited, you know. As of last week, where we we actually just jumped on to Spotify. If you're listening to us for the first time, um, we this is we were on um, we're actually on multiple platforms now. So we're also on Podbeam as well. But um, Spot, Spotify, we're, we're we're so grateful that we're now on there. And so uh, when they go on to the description. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure we put a, um, a, a note on there so they can, you know, definitely connect uh, with you. Uh, we thank you for tuning into this episode of the Niche Finder um, podcast. It was truly a pleasure to have not only uh, a coach 
but the, a coach that's in, it was almost like one of those Russian dolls that you, you crack open and it gets smaller and smaller <laughs> it was like coach you crack it open it's neural size you crack it open it's, it's all types of stuff inside of you that makes you valuable and makes you who you are and I just want to let you know that I appreciate you I appreciate the investment that you made in me while I was in business school and I also appreciate the investment that you're making even right now into our niche finder community thank you so much Clifton it was so much fun and I love I love giving back this was so much fun and you made my day thank you oh yeah <laughs> well thank you everybody for tuning in and remember instead of complaining about the world being different uh, find a way where you can help to make it different for the better we look forward to talking to you and chopping it up with another guest another expert on the very next episode thank you for tuning in today